sermon today is called I Build. Go to Philippians chapter 3 with me. Philippians 3, and then we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 3. So find both places if you want to and flip to Philippians with me. If you're a visitor here today, let me help you with something. I use a lot of scriptures. That may be odd to you. You came out of a church where he takes a half a scripture and preaches an hour on it. That's dangerous. Or preaches an hour on Reader's Digest, whatever he's preaching on. I don't agree with everything that goes on in this nation, and, um, but I do believe that this, the Word of God, Jesus said it would set you free. You said you'll know truth, and truth will set you free. Um, we also have people in this church, even in this church, that are always asking me about a move of God. We're going to talk about that today because you have to get your mind right. Never trade the supernatural for the spectacular. Are y'all listening to what I just said? Um, um, Let me do this. We have a young man right here, Michael. Michael, can I embarrass you for a minute? I'm going to anyway. Michael, the wonderful man. His wife, let me, just, let me just tell you about That lady can make food sing. If he invites you to his home, make sure his wife's cooking. Went over to his house the other night, and um, Robert's old Church of God boy. Church of God people have a real hard time getting filled with the Holy Ghost. They have so much legalism in them, but I know how to help Church of God people. Robert's a good church of God. Fifteen minutes later, he's speaking in tongues. And his wife was allergic to watermelon when we got there, but she wasn't when we left. And she's been eating watermelon like somebody had, like Facebook, and I mean watermelon. That's supernatural. It may not be spectacular. It may not help you out a bit. You remember the woman in the Bible, the woman, the issue of blood? If you had been there, you'd have seen nothing or felt anything. The only one that felt it was her. There's miracles happening in this church all the time. And you can't, well, we didn't see. Jesus floated away in front of 500 people, and only 120 did what he said. The spectacular does not create disciples, but supernatural does. Change lives, change lives. God's interested in people. Now, do I like the spectacular? Yeah. But I'm not seeking it. If God wants to do something crazy and wild, let's just run aisles and jump views. But if we don't, does not mean nothing happened. I could go on, and I, I, I took a chance on talking about, I could go over right now and go through this building for the next hour and talk about the things that God's doing in people that are fantastic. They're not where they were. I remember when Lisa came, she wasn't doing good me- physically, medically. And they went in looking for a tumor and found none. Amen. And I know these things, and maybe we ought to put them on the screen so you can see them. But I want you to seek God and quit. Don't trade it. Let's go for supernatural. Because God has something he wants to do through you more than on you. Think for a minute. Go, now go, go with me to Philippians 3. 
if you're not there, then I, don't, I can't help you because you just can't find nothing. <laughs> Philippians chapter three, verse 12. Not that I have already attained or I am already perfected. I press on. Now this is Paul. Paul's born again, right? I mean, he's saved, right? But what's he pressing for? That I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus laid hold of me. Brethren, I don't count myself to have apprehended. Now, he, app- he is saved. He's born again. But one thing I do, forget what's behind and reach forward to the things that are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. This is a good scripture for this church. You are well taught, but you're fixing to get weller taught. Now, Paul is the apostle who wrote most of the Bible is still not satisfied where he is. Now, he makes a statement here I'm going to make before we go on. Forget yesterday. Forget it. You know, I messed up. Forget it. You can't go forward looking back. Y'all remember the movie Cars? What was that little truck that ran around and looking in his rearview mirrors all the time? Well, Mater. Don't be Mater. Forget. You say, yeah, but, yeah, but I messed up. Get it under the blood. Once, I, I think the biggest thing that hinders people is not others, but you not forgiving yourself. Listen, I know that many of you expect highly of yourself. That's good. But when you mess up, get over it. Nobody ever stepped up to a baseball diamond and hit a home run every time they stood up. As a matter of fact, I know this is going to say, in a charismatic, tongue-talking, devil-chasing, holy rolling, faith and word church, you're not going to like this. You actually do learn from your mistakes. You don't have to, but you do. Thomas Jefferson said, I found a thousand ways not to make a light bulb. But he made one. Because nothing in life is going to come easy for you. So the biggest problem you're having is in your mirror. If you've messed up, I want you to get it under the blood. I want you to count it all joy, have a private revival, and then start today and move on. Again, so forget. Forget what's behind. Forget the good. Oh, I did so good last year. Forget that too. Because you'll never do nothing again if you think you all that hot. Okay, and you're not. All right. Go to 1 Corinthians 3. Go to 1 Corinthians 3. And we're going to get in this. We're going to get in this thing. Glory to be to God. Jesus is Lord. 3. Where do I want to start? 10. Let's start with 10. According to the grace of God, which was given to me, a wise master builder. I laid the foundation and another builds on it. Let each person, each one, take heed how he builds on it. Now, I'm going to show you this. We're going to read this, and I want you to grab it. The foundation is Jesus. Now, as I, I'm going to read it, but I gotta make, I'm going to paint a picture here in your mind. 
I want you to imagine that you and I are riding around looking at real estate. They have a TV set, they have a generator, and um, all of the, all of the um, visitors, when I change it and they see I have a gun on, is because America's not like it used to be. I just tell everybody that if a bad guy comes in with a gun, everybody duck. I can take him from the pulpit. Anyway. I don't pick fights, but I'm too old to take a whooping. That just helped all the ones that you went, he has a gun. For your gun, yeah. So, so back to my story. We're riding through the neighborhood, and you see a couch, a TV, a dinner table, and the family's in there just enjoying themselves, and you're looking at them going, what are y'all doing? Well, this is our house. No. It's a slab. There's no walls. There's no windows. There's no doors. There's no roof. What are you doing? Now listen to me. Just because you got born again and you have the foundation, you're not done. I'm saved. Yeah. Pop tent baby. Yeah, you saved. But there's more to Christianity than coming to Jesus, getting the get out of hell card, and going to heaven. Well, y'all are weak. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep y'all another 10 minutes for that. I mean, Paul here is talking to you and I about what you do after you're saved. And I'm going to make a statement to you. God is not building your house. You are. God is not determining whether it's brick, rock, boards, or straw. He isn't deciding that. You are. This is why I'm, I'm preaching this this morning. Number one, we have two kinds of people in the body of Christ today. Those that all they came was to get Jesus and that's all there is. That is not intelligent. You can sit on your slab, but you live in Florida. It will rain. And then you'll be coming to the church going, pray. My furniture's wet. We can pray for you all day long, and it's going to rain, baby. So as I'm reading this, I want you to hear what Paul is saying. Verse 11, no other foundation than anyone laid than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Thank God you're saved. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw. 
Now, I'm going to ask you a question. Who decides it? You do. Now, now I'm going to go, I got to get a little deeper here for a minute. Do, do you understand that when you build a house, that you have a, something called a set of plans? The plans show you the house finished. When you get the foundation, you need to get with God on what his plan for you is. You, and we got people like Josh Brown here. I, I can, Josh Brown works with a company that builds houses. Imagine an electrician coming in and putting what the, the, the lights where he wants them. You know, you don't put the lights where he wants them. What about a carpenter goes, oh, I want a four-bedroom. And the other carpenter goes, I want a three-bedroom. And they're over there fighting. How do you stop the fighting? You have a set of plans. Am I right, Josh? Am I just lost my mind? Okay. And even when they have plans, they're crazy. Then the wife comes in after the plans are made and the house is built and wants to. Josh, tell him I'm telling the truth. Absolutely, all right. My mother-in-law came over one day, and she didn't like where I planted a tree. And I said, Martha, it stays. Well, it's in the way of my car. Move your car, Martha. <laughs> she liked to back up the front and get water. We had spring water that was better than Zephyr Hills. And she, it was like 10 more feet, and she wants you to move the tree. Martha, I married your daughter. You don't move the tree. You don't move the bedroom. We don't move nothing. It stays where it is. Amen. I love my mother-in-law. Amen. And she was up in heaven right now listening, going, Daryl. That's not the way I said it, Daryl. It is too. Verse 12. If anyone builds on this foundation, gold, silver, precious stone, let each one's work become clear the day will declare it because it'll be revealed by fire and test. The fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he builds endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss. I love this part. He himself will be saved. Thank you, Jesus. Aren't you glad? Because I know a bunch of people wouldn't make it. What was that old, uh, the wolf the wolf, and the three little pigs and huffed and puffed and blew the house down? Well, you build a straw house, the wolf's going to blow your house down. Okay. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells inside of you? Now, now Christi- let me make a statement to you. Christianity is not a spectator sport. And I want you, we're going to go down this road now. We're going to go this, down this road. You see, you hear me say this all the time. I'm a bulldog. The truth is, I've never been on the field. So in reality, I'm not a bulldog. But we have some football players here. And when they say, was it Clemson? Tigers. Tigers. Clemson Tigers. When they say, that's my team, they mean it. Because they were on the field. 
hitting, getting hit, and winning games and or losing them. <laughs> but when the Bevel Boys go, that's my team, that has a different connotation than when I say dogs are my team. That's real Christianity. There is no one in the stands. You're either in the field or you're not on the team. Ain't nobody. Now, now, why am I saying that? I'm saying that because this, this is what's happening in America today. We get on YouTube and we watch Jonathan. And Jonathan's winning people to the Lord, and, we, and we're going, rah, rah, re. Kick him in the knee. Never mind, I'm not going to finish that. That's not a good one. Um, and you're, and you're, yay, yay, yay. We, no, we didn't do nothing. You're on YouTube, baby. You didn't, you weren't, no. All right. There's way too many people gets up on Sunday morning that comes in and wants to see what the pastor is going to pull. Pastor, call the fire down. Pastor, call the nothing down. I'm going, no. I'm going to call the wrath of God down on you if you don't get in this game. Are y'all out there? You go home. Listen, listen. You're sitting around waiting on God. You are not waiting on God. Do you want to see a move of God? Would you like to see one? Start talking in tongues. That's a move of God. Get up and get right with God. That's a move of God. Get your family saved. That's a move of God. Sit around and wait on me to call the fire down. Don't sit there in your chair and start hollering at the quarterback. You're so fat you can't walk to the mailbox. You can't throw a ball. Don't holler at the quarterback. Don't shout me down. Amen. Glory to God. The easiest thing in the world is to sit around and criticize what a church is and isn't doing, and you don't even go there, and you don't do nothing when you get there. Now, where am I going with this? I'm going to tell you where I'm going with this. Do y'all want to know? I see us taking the amphitheater and bringing in a man or a woman of God and, and, and having 50,000 people show up and preach the gospel. But I'm going to tell you, I can't do it if you come to me and go, my mother-in-law's in town and I can't show If, if you're not in the game, listen, when these boys, I call them boys, they're kind of big boys, and I say that carrying, but anyway, <laughs> they will tell you, they will tell you there was a price they paid to win games. And if you showed up and told the coach, something came up, you're benched. You're going to watch the game from the, you ain't on the field. Hey, don't care how good you, am I right or am I just, yeah, you bet. Do you think Jesus is any different? We ain't spectating. We looking for a move of God. Okay. Well, that's pretty good for you. Now look at this, look at this. If anyone builds... 
it, it takes more to build a good house than a bad one. Now, Justin was preaching a great sermon this morning, but listen, let me just, I mean, I believe in laying hands on the sick and getting them, I believe that, I believe that. But I also know enough about God. You've been sitting in this church for five years. You can't quote two healing scriptures and you want me to pray for you. You ain't getting anything. You haven't even, you haven't even got your mind right. Are y'all out there? I'm being serious with you. So I quit lining y'all up and, and you falling down. You go down sick, you get up sick. And people get mad at me for saying that. This is not, I'm not an evangelist. I'm a pastor. My job is to teach you to be a doer of the word, not a hearer only, deceiving who? You. I'm not building your life. I'm, I'm not building your prayer life. I'm not building your worship. I'm not building what you're doing with your mind. I have nothing to do with whether you resist the devil or not. I have, I have no say-so in it. And you're wanting me to pull a rabbit out of a hat on Sunday morning and overcome 20 years of disobeying God? It doesn't happen. Even Jesus in his own hometown couldn't do anything. And y'all probably would have got up and said, hey, they got no money. Paul said, if you build on it, and you better build. You need to start building. You need walls. You need windows. You need AC. You need a roof. And you need to know this. Trouble is coming. Well, I don't say that. That's a bad confession. Well, then let me say it again. You live in Hurricane Alley, Florida. Instead of praying the hurricanes away, build your house with steel and rebar and concrete and make sure the builder is licensed and then you can sleep during the storm. I'm preaching way better than you, amen. amen. Pastor, my house is leaking. Whose fault is that? Well, we never could afford no windows. That might be why. Yeah, we have flies everywhere. Pray the flies will leave. Put screens on the windows. Okay, I'm going to come on. My point is this. You have a responsibility after you get born again. God is not going to do anything. Now, listen, he will help you build. He, you you got to pray. And you've got to get the plan. I can't get the plan of God for you. Now, 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 don't, don't get mad at me again. I, 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 I tick so many Christians off. The reason people don't have a plan of God is they're too lazy to spend time alone with God and get it. When, when, I, when I came here and moved to Florida, God showed me to come, and, and I worked with Tom, and then one day I found myself out of work. Lisa would tell you that every day I would go to work, and I didn't like my job. I didn't like my job. I'm a block mason. It's hot. 
The reason I have no hair is the sun burned all of it. All right. just, just fried it right off me. And, and, and I had muscles and a tan, but I wanted more than muscles and a tan. That looked good. Okay. But every day I came home from work and I, and, and I, and I ran a mile or two. I went in the, the garage and I worked out with weights. And then we uh, went and took a shower and Lisa cooked me dinner. And right after that, I went into the second bedroom and I spent hour every night on my face before God. Anything I do that he didn't put his stamp of approval on is going to fail. It's not enough to get an idea. So I'm going to make a statement to you right now. And again, I don't care what your mother wants you to do. Well, honey... I'm going to tell you what I think you ought to be doing. I think you need to go to school and get an education and become successful. And then your father. I think you should be in the military where you can get a VA bill. They might be good ideas. It may not be God. And after you're 18, the Bible doesn't say they that are led by their parents. Now, parents, don't get mad at me. Don't get mad at me. You want your kids, do you want them to make it? Let them seek God. Now, I got to go back to my mother-in-law a minute, and I pray that Lisa cooks me lunch today. I love my mother-in-law. Lisa's mother looked at me one time. She said, Daryl, you're supposed to be a pastor. How did I do that voice? How did that voice do good? Not good. And so my mother-in-law started a church and made me the pastor. It was called the Jubilee Center. How many of us were there for about eight of us? About eight of us for about a year. It so wasn't God. And finally, I resisted my mother-in-law. And I went to her and I said, Martha, I can't follow you. I have to know that I know it. And I shut, it. I shut Martha's church down. And I went and spent time with God. And then I went to work with Air Mobile Ministries for a while. And I knew that was God. Flying airplanes, shooting grouper and lobster. It's God. <laughs> Swimming in the ocean every morning in the Bahamas. That is God. And then, and then I remember that when I was in Laganov, the Lord spoke to me and said, when you get home, there's a church and you're in the next pasture. Now listen to me. God, where God guides you, he provides this job has an anointing because he told me to come here. I, I can't go somewhere else and have the same success. It won't work. You, I have to get the plan of God. And, and listen to me. You do too. Why does he do that? Because you need to learn to seek his face. There's way too much of I did this. No, you ain't doing nothing. It will be a miserable failure. Are y'all out there? And there's way too much of it. Now, how often do I seek God? All the time. I am always in a deficit. I'm always in a place where I don't know. God put me in a job I know nothing about. 
And I said, I don't know how to do that. And he went, good. Come see me on a regular basis. I've preached sermons, and I don't know whether y'all have been here or not. And I didn't pray. They weren't God. And you walked out and went, that was terrible. And I walked out and went, that was terrible. Because I allowed someone to eat my day up, and I didn't spend it before God. Are y'all out there or do you go home? And I'm telling you that so that you'll know that's why your life is a mess. I can build my life any way I want to. I can fake it till I make it, but not before God. I've got to decide whether this, my life is built with something that's going to stand. Now, how do you know I did it? We've been here 30 what? 30, 35 years Easter. Before that, I was in a, listen, I've been saved for almost 50. I hadn't backslid any. I've cooled off a couple of times. I've been attacked by every devil in hell more than once. But I know where to go get help. I learned early, I'm going to have to get on the Word of God myself, and so are you. Okay, let me, let's go on, let's go on. I didn't, I, I scratched it off, and I want you to put this on the screen, Psalm 127, 1 and 2. I scratched it out for you, but just find it and put it on the screen for me. We'll just wait on it, because I, I wasn't, I was going to quote it, but I don't want to, I want you to read it. Unless the Lord builds a house. That's church. They labor in vain who build it. Now, wait a minute. Right here it says God's building it. Well, you're going to see in a minute how he does it. Unless the Lord builds your life, you labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards America, the watchman stays awake in vain. You better, you and I better get a hold of God and get him back in this nation. And he's not answering prayers for anyone not obeying him. Well, let's go down this road just a minute. God does not answer the prayers of disobedient Christians. Ah, pastor, I just don't understand why. We made a big mistake in churches. We took an altars out. We really need to put them back. Why? Because after the end of the service, yes, people come forward and get born again. Yes, people come forward and get saved. But some of you are not going to get your prayers answered unless you can get up here and spend a good half an hour and 45 minutes in the presence of God. Because he's not going to show you nothing or help you with nothing until your heart is where it needs to be. Okay, I'm doing real good. I'm going to explain the difference to you here in a minute. Now, I, I got some scriptures I wrote down. Go to Samuel, uh, 1 Samuel 23. I think it's 1 Samuel. If it's not, I'll, I'll fix it in a minute. I'm just, I, go there in your, in your Bibles, and, and I'm going I'm to meet you here in a minute. I want to read 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 things I could think of. Now, listen, listen to what God said. Seek first is you. Put on the new man is you. Draw nigh to God is you. 
I press forward is you. I pray. Now, let's, I, want, I want to go down this one for a minute. I see people coming in to Monday night prayer or Sunday night prayer who say, pray, I, they're here to get Barbara and Betty and Debbie to pray for you. And I've told Debbie, stop it. Sit with them and make them pray. If they're staring at the sky, walk up, hold their sweet little hand, tell them to close their little eyes and pray in the Holy Ghost. The reason their life is not where it needs to be, you do not need to get an answer for them. They need to get an answer for themselves. Do you understand that? Now, I mean, it's nice for you to come up for your baby Christian and we'll pray for you. That doesn't last long. That's why we have churches full of babies. Most seeker-sensitive churches is a huge gathering of bottle-pacifying, sucking Christians who couldn't resist the devil if he came in with a red shirt on and told him he's the devil. They don't know who they are. They don't know how to, nobody's ever told them nothing. Jesus love you, this I know. Praise the Lord, hallelujah, thank you Jesus. That's all wonderful. You got your get out of hell card. Now, build. Build, get some plans and you build. Thank you for sitting there and helping me with that. I walk in the Spirit. I, and nobody can walk in the Spirit for you. I, I, I build myself up on my most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. I can't pray in tongues and get you out of a funk. I know that's not a cuss word. This really is not. It could be. I guess it could be. It may be shoot cussing. I don't know. But since I don't know right now, I'm ignorant. I rejoice. I ain't singing for you. Do your own singing. I renew my mind. I can't renew. I can't renew your mind. I can give you the word, but what you do with it? Some of y'all listen to a sermon, walk out at 30 minutes. You couldn't tell me what I preached. Your Bible's home with dust on it. You, you find out what it says yourself. Amen. This is a pretty brutal sermon, but, it, but you'll make it. I resist the devil. You got to, God, get the devil off me. He ain't never going to get no devil off of you. You get the devil off yourself. But I feel, get over that one. And then the last one, you give. You pray for money all you want to, you stingy thing, until you start giving, ain't nothing coming back. You can't, you can't grow corn if you ain't never put nothing in the ground. I'm very limited. I'm limited here. Jesus is limited. Remember he went to his own hometown? He could do there no mighty work. Now, I'm going to tell you another story that's in your Bible. And um, I I never did get to. 
1 Samuel 23. David, listen to me. David shows up on the battlefield, and they have a problem. Does anybody know what it was? They have an enemy trying to kill him. And all of the prayer warriors were there. Nothing wrong with prayer. We'll talk about that. Let me find this for a second. All the prayer warriors had showed up, and they were all praying for God to kill the giant. And David shows up and goes, what is going on here? And they went, there's a giant out there, and he's threatened to kill us all. And we're all praying about it. And David said, Heavenly Father, help me kill him in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> Is there a difference in David and everyone else? Now, go back to what I showed you all ago. Unless the Lord builds a house. We know David could not have killed a giant with a nine millimeter Glock rock unless God was in it. But I want you to notice that God didn't do nothing until David went after him. God ain't helping you sitting at home, help me, Jesus, help me, Jesus, help me, Jesus. Boy, I'm preaching better you amen it. Listen to me. You are a move of God. God does not move until you move. I build. You say, but I don't have the money to do gold. God does. You get his plan, and he'll finance his plan. But you got to get his plan, and then you got to start building your life according to what he said. Now, 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 did I ever, I never found 1 Samuel. Go to, go to, I think it's 1 Samuel 11. Yeah, I think it's 1 Samuel. If it's not, a second. That's not right. Anyway, let me tell you the story. Second Samuel. Now, now let's, look at, let's look at this guy right here, Shema. Now, I have a picture of Shema in my office. This is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. Y'all don't know it because if I was Mark Hankins, I'd preach on it every Sunday. But anyway, I want, you to look at what, I want you to look at what's happening. Shema, the son of Aggie, and aren't you glad your name's not Aggie? It gets worse. The Hararite. The Philistines gathered together to a troop where there was a piece of ground full of lentils. Now, you might think, what is, a, what is a bunch of beans? They were his beans. There's something about my beans. I want my beans. I planted my beans. I will eat my beans. And you're not coming to take my beans. You're not taking my health. You're not taking my kids. You're not taking my victory. Do you understand that, devil? You're not taking me out. Okay. And there was a piece of ground full of lentils, and the people fled from the Philistines. That's normal. And he stationed himself in the middle of the field and defended it and killed the Philistines. And the Lord, the Lord had a great victory that day. The Lord had a great victory that day. Now, hold on, just hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. The Lord didn't do it by himself. I would have said Shema had a great victory that day. But we all know that Shema can't kill that many people by itself. That's better than Jet Lee. Bruce Lee 
and all the other leaves. This is a bad dude, man. One man with a sword and a whole Philistine army, and when he's finished, everybody's dead but him. That, that's a move of God. But it didn't begin until he stood in the field. So unless the Lord builds a house, you understand? But, but Shema did not go over there and get on the knee and go, God, kill him, just kill him, just kill him all. God, go with me. I'm going to kill him. God goes, you pick up the sword and I'll help you. I want you to understand something. The things that are not happening is because God is waiting on you. God is waiting on you. When are you going to pick up the Word of God? When are you going? When are you going to get tired and sick and tired of being sick and tired? You have authority over all the work of the enemy, but it ain't just. You're going to have to get a sword, and you're going to have to run Satan off. You're going to have to stand. You say, yeah, but I spoke. Well, you speak to it again. You speak to it again. You speak to it again. Oh, devil, let me tell you something. My body's the temple of God, the Holy Ghost, and my body's healed by the stripes of Jesus, and I bind you, you foul devil from hell. If I have stripes, himself bore my sins in his own body. What am I doing? Well, I'm certainly not sitting around being lazy. A lot of young people right now praying about, what do you want me to do with my life? I don't have any idea. Your mama said. I'm being serious with that one. Aunt, Aunt Henry said. It doesn't matter what Aunt Henry said. You, you're getting way too much advice from people who don't know God. Way too many people talking to you about what they think you should do. Well, they're screwed up. You down there want to screw you up. Well, it's quiet in this Baptist church right now. Huh? I don't care what my mother-in-law said. I don't care what my mother said. Listen to me. Jesus, when he was 12, he obeyed his mother. But when he was 30, he didn't obey her no more. Your mother, your brothers out here, they won't have a talk with you. You are messing up the whole city. Everybody mad at you. Then you coming home, boy. You go out and tell my mama, the mother of God, that I ain't coming home. And I'm going to obey my father, and I ain't asking you your permission. That's a rebellion. Is it? No. It's called control, Mary. All right, go to Proverbs 119. How am I doing? Ooh, I got 10 whole minutes. How am I doing? How am I doing, Lisa? So I could tell you story after story after story, but I'm going to tell you something. Nothing, everything I have ever done in my life, I have been out of the will of God. I, I want to show you what it looks like. A person who's born again out of the will of God is the most miserable human being on the planet. If you're miserable, get on your knees and find out what God wants you to do. And quit being afraid of it. I was working on construction one day. Boy, I'm getting off now. 
and I have a good job, I have a good wife, we have a son, marriage is going good. I'm, I am not in the will of God. I'm ignoring God. I, I'm praying, but I'm ignoring him. See, I want him to do ministry like I told him to do it. And he is not listening to my prayers. I don't know whether y'all understand that or not. God, this is how we're going to do it. And he's just quiet. He doesn't say nothing. If he don't like what you're praying, he doesn't say nothing to you. And he can say nothing forever. He's got all kind of time. So one day I'm working in Sanford, and I'm about 30 feet in the air on the building. I took all of my tools and threw them off the building. And they said, what would you do that for? I said, just for the excitement of going and getting them. And a, and a sinner looked at me and said, Morgan, I'm not a Christian, but I wish you'd get right with God because we, we're miserable watching you. That's serious. I'm being serious. I, 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 was just a, I was a miserable man. That forced me to my face. I said, God, what do you want me to do? He says, when are you going to do what I want you to do? I went, that's what I've been praying about. And he said this to me. He said, when are you going to do it? I said, what is it? He said, I'm not going to tell you. I said, well, how am I going to know? He said, you're going to tell me you'll do it before I tell you. I said, well, I might not like it. He said, well, I ain't going to tell you nothing. I'm like, that's not right. And I had to trust him. And that's what he said to me. Trust me. Trust me. I died that day. But I came alive. Because God kissed me and laid an anointing on me and gave me a set of plans. And now I have life. Wow, boy, you, are you all out there? Did you go home? If you don't know, you got it, you, never mind. So people are always asking me, I don't know the will of God. I'm going to show you two places to find it. Are you all ready? Psalm 119. I want to read it out of my Bible. 119, verse 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. There is nothing in the building of your house that's supposed to contradict the Bible in your lap. The number one place you find the will of God is right here. Don't go looking out in space. Don't start praying about it until you're doing this. You're not going to jump the Bible and find the will of God. You're going to get a Bible out and you're going to find out what it says about what you're doing. Once you've passed that test to where your life is like he wants it to be, then you can start praying about what's not written in there. That makes sense? Brother Hagin said in his book, Plans, Purposes, and Pursuits, most Christians never ask me anything about my will. That's sad. And that's why your life is messed up and then you want someone to pray you out of it. It won't happen. That will never happen. You, you, Brother Hagen um, fell off a, a, of a stage at 55 years of age and broke his elbow. 
Now, you might think, well, he, he's a man of God. Y- yeah, yeah. And, and on the way to the hospital, the Lord dealt with him, and he got to the hospital, and he said, and Jesus walked in the hospital, took, set, took a chair, pulled up, and sat down right beside him and talked to him for an hour and a half. And he said, I don't want you to be mad at me that I let this happen to you. But you need to thank, you need to thank me that I let it happen. Because if I hadn't have let the devil attack you, you'd be dead at 55. He said, I told you to put the prophet's ministry above the teaching ministry, and you have not done what I asked you to do. Now, let me tell you something. When you're a prophet, let me, let me make sure. Don't get a card. Nobody likes you. No one wants to be around somebody that walks up to them and tells them what they were doing yesterday. And there's people, they see me come and they scare it out of their ever-loving mind, I'm going to say. And I have. I've said things to people. You make me nervous. We have people, when Mary Friend comes, they don't come to church. Oh, my God, I don't want her to know. Well, she can know when you're not in church. You don't have to be at church for her to know. I asked her one day, I said, how often does that work? She goes, all the time. I'm sitting and eating, having coffee with her in Mount Dora. And I said, Mary Fran, I was talking to a minister friend of mine the other day. And I, and I told her, she says, I know Tony Cook. I said, how did you know I was talking about Tony Cook? She said, I know everything. I said, that's scary. Now, how did I get off on all that? Brother Hagin didn't like the prophet's office. It, you want to talk about controversial? Everybody likes a Bible teacher. It's sweet. They're sweet. Everybody likes a pastor. He, he just pets the lambs and he pets them and, and he's nice. But when you're a prophet, you stand up and say, we're going to talk this morning about you building your house on the Word of God and quit letting it be a big pile of straw. Well, I don't think I like that sermon this morning very much. I thought we're going to change churches. That's the difference in an office. Because a prophet walks in and goes, well, let's talk about what you did last week. Glory be to God, Jesus is Lord. <laughs> I had a little talk with Paul this morning. Where is Paul? There he is. Paul came in, and I looked at him, and I said something about now and the future. And he went, well, thank you. That's exactly right. You bet that's exactly right. (laughs) If you live right, it wouldn't scare you. Before Mary Friend comes, I'm in there doing everything. Glory to God. Thank you, dear. Holy water, communion. (laughs) And when you get a phone call from her, ask Justin. It's like one day Lisa and I were, we went to Nashville and we stopped at Mary Fran's house and we went in the living room and she said, I would like for you to pick up the conversation you and Lisa were having about blah, blah on the way here. I went, oh, Shondai. (laughs) (laughs) She's in the car and we ain't even there yet, you know. So anyway, Brother Hagin did not like that ministry, and Jesus told him, if you don't pick it back up, 
you'd be dead. Now, had he not obeyed him, there had never been a rhema. Brother Hagin was avoiding the will of God because he was uncomfortable with it. Thank you. I'm going to tell you this. Not everybody's going to like you. So pick which ones do and which ones don't. Okay. Number two, Proverbs 20, 27. How am I doing? Now, I don't know everything about you. Good Lord, I would not want to know everything about you. Don't clutter my brain with that mess. God, I don't want to know. But he tells me the stuff that's pertinent that will help you not get yourself in a mess. 20. And anybody has a word for you every time, that's goofiness. Ain't nobody knows everything. It's goofy. Walk around prophesying so you'll think I'm cool. I don't care whether you think I'm cool or not. I got to tell you this story before I read this. There's a Baptist pastor here in town. And we're at a Pentecostal church having a citywide prayer meeting. And the Lord says, walk over there and, and, and prophesy to him. And I went, okay, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> and I did, and he received it. You know, I'm thinking, wow, this is going to end this friendship real fast right here. And I just walked up and I said, I have something I want to say to you. And I, and I began to pray. I didn't prophesy. I prayed it out and prayed about stuff. And he just sat there and said, thank you so much. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And, and he's not charismatic. He's not a tongue-talking, devil-chasing holy one. You know, sometimes God will send you someplace and say something to someone. You have to get over it. You may save their life. All right, are you all ready for Proverbs 19? Write this one down. Twenty twenty-seven. The spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inward depths of his heart. I, when I'm not hearing God, I know that I've allowed the clutter of the planet of everyday life to get in. And I'm having a very hard time hearing from God. I know that I have to get alone. And, and there's times in an hour I've heard from God. There's times it's taken several weeks to hear from God what he's saying. It's not God's fault, it's mine. But I know this, that I know that I know that I know that I know that I don't do anything if I don't know that I know that I know that I know that I know. Why would I be doing something God's not in it? That's because it's a good idea. It may not be a God idea for me. There's a lot of people doing a lot of stuff. He didn't ask me to do it. Now, I've made my mistakes doing things that other people did. And there's no anointing on me to do it. There, you may be doing something, and there's no anointing. If you send your kids to go do what Mama says, they're probably going to go to school, flunk out of school, and then end up at a job, nothing to do with the four years of college you just paid for. Because you made a decision. Teach your kids to seek God. Let me say another thing. There's nothing wrong with blue-collar jobs. Folks, some of the blue-collar workers make more than the guy that went to school sitting at a desk with soft hands. 
my office is small for a reason. I don't like it. I want to be outside. I don't like desk. Amen? Now, there's a lot of things I would do for a living if I wasn't a pastor. And I'll guarantee you, it wouldn't be a, sitting in a, in, a, in a desk someplace. Don't, don't try to put your kids in something. There's no anointing on them for it. And don't you try to do something. There's no anointing on you for it. Now, I'm going to tell you a story. It's a goofy story, but I'm going to tell it to you anyway. Once upon a time, a long time ago, there was a group of people, uh, animals in the forest who sent their kids to school, a rabbit, a squirrel, and a duck. And they sent their kids to school. And the first day, the rabbit comes home and goes, I love school. I went P.E. I outran everybody. <laughs> and, the squirrel, and the rabbit was excited. He loved school. Well, the next day he comes home and says, Mom, I ain't never going back to school. I hate it. I hate school. I hate school. I hate school. She goes, well, you loved it yesterday. She said, he said, I flunked swimming and flying. I flunked them. And the teacher told me that I'm going to have to tr climb trees every day until I get to where I can do it. And he says, and I don't want to climb a tree. I want to run and jump in a hole. And the teacher told me I have to look like a squirrel and climb a tree and flop like a duck and swim. In and I hate it and I'm never going back to school again. How are you raising your kids? You got a bunch of rabbits and you're trying to make ducks out of them. You got a bunch of dunks going, hey, I ain't, I ain't running through the woods. I fly away, baby. I am not I'm sitting here. Listen to me. Find out what your family is made out of. Find out what God anointed them to do and help them do that. <laughs> and quit comparing yourself with what everybody else is doing or not doing. Well, more, I, could, I could do this all day long. So people come to me and say, well, Jonathan does it this way. I went, <laughs> that's wonderful. I could go on and on and on. But I sleep at night. I will stand before God on what he told me to do. And when I die, what I did is going to hit the fire. What Lisa did is going to hit the fire. And I'm going to give an account. Did you do what I asked you to do? Darrell Morgan reporting for duty, sir. Took the church, built the building, started a church, did the Bible school as you requested, sir, and all the other stuff you ask us to do, sir. And then he'll go down the list and go, yeah, 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 yeah. No matter what, I'm going to heaven. Praise the Lord. I hope I walk out of there with a lot more merits than I think. How are y'all doing? Say, I am. A doer of the Word of God. Now, I'm not going to make you go there. I'm going to quote one more scripture. Jesus said in Matthew, that watch how you build on the house because the storms will come. Listen to me. Storms are coming to you. Do you understand that? They are coming. How you fare is up to what you do now. You can get real serious and get your Bible out when you leave here today and say, Heavenly Father, starting today, I'm going to get in this book. I'm going to learn who I am. I'm going to learn my authority. I'm going to learn about the name of Jesus. 
I'm not going to be left in the next storm trying to figure out how to get out of this mess. I'm building my house right, starting right now. And I'm going to tell you something. We'll see you next year, and the next year, and the next year. And I will say this to you. It won't be easy. But it'll be sure to be better than you getting everything wet and blown away because you built a big bunch of straw. Amen? That's good preaching. That's good preaching, isn't it? I love you. When I walk in a hospital with you in there, I want you to look at me and say, Pastor, this is my scriptures. This is where I'm standing. Get in agreement with me, and I'm going to go. Glory to God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to get you in here. We're going to get you out of this place, and we're going to get you healed by the power of God, and we're going to get you back on the path where you need to be. And if you come to me and say, my kids are not doing so good, we're going to get in agreement. You're going to say, this is the scriptures I'm standing on. And and, and listen, you can have the victory, but I guarantee you, it won't fall on your head like a ripe cherry off a tree. You have something to do about that. Now, someone asks you this, what kind of church do you go to? I want you to say, good one. Everything I teach you is the way I live. I'm not preaching you out of a book. I'm preaching out of my book. If it works for me, I preach it. Everything that's ever worked is where I get my sermon. What I'm preaching to you is, is, is working. It'll work for you. So I'm going to pray for you, then I'm going to give, turn you over to Lisa. And I want you to, when you, when you get out of here, I want you to have a great weekend. It's going to be a long one, going to be a wonderful one. Don't eat too many hot dogs. They're bad for you. Unless they're Hebrew national. Father God, thank you for this morning. You love every one of us. You love us. You want the best for us. And, and we do. And we understand that listening to you, the, the greater one's in us. Yeah, he's inside of us. You gave us the ability. You gave us the Holy Spirit. You gave us the Word of God. And you made us victors. But victory's not automatic unless we're in the game. Some of us need to get up out of the chair and quit being spectators and get on the field and learn about playing this thing called Christianity. We need to learn our enemy. We need to know who it is. And if we get that ball down there and win this game, it'll be because we did what we were supposed to be doing. And I ask you, Father God, everybody in the sound of my voice leaves today with this, this message pregnant in them. That they go, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm, I'm building, and I am going to build my life on the Word of God. And that's all. And I know It'll go well with me in Jesus' name. Amen. You can say that's good preaching if you want to. You You guys get out of here and have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful day. Not yet. Don't leave yet. Give me three minutes. Praise the Lord. Psalm 119, 130 says, The entrance of thy words giveth light. Every door that's shut in your life by the powers of darkness. You just can't seem to get it open. The heavens seem brass. The first key is saying, Psalm 119, 130, the entrance of thy words, O God, gives light. You start speaking the word, you live by the word, it'll open that door that seems so shut and so closed. Amen. As my altar workers are coming forward, 
Jesus said, John 3, 16, he said, I, God so loved the Lord, my father, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If you don't ever remember a time in your life where you said, Jesus, I believe in what you did for me, not just I believe in God, but I believe in what you did for me. Thank you for dying on that cross. Thank you for taking my sins. Thank you for going to hell for me. Thank you for the punishment that you bore. The word of God says that was our sins that put him on that cross. Your sins nailed him to the tree. If you don't ever remember saying, God, thank you for that. Thank you for sending your son into my life. Thank you for shedding your blood, Jesus, for me. Come up today. Don't leave these doors. Don't leave this building. Because Jesus said, today is the day of salvation. Many people get many chances throughout their life. And they reject and they reject and they reject. You're not going to hell for sinning. You're going to hell for rejecting what Jesus did for you. You don't have to change. He wants to change you by his power. Once you say, Jesus, come in my heart. Thank you for dying for me. The spirit of God comes in you and he helps you and enables you. And he graces you for the change. But you can't do it before that. If you want prayer for any other reason, come up here. The Bible says, if any two shall agree on earth is touching anything they ask, it shall be done for them of my Father in heaven. You just need someone to get in agreement with you. Jesus said, we're two or three to gather. I'm right there in the midst of them. I'm there. My name is there to make it good. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text... 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.